welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. The 2018 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast season preview series has been an absolute smash hit. We want to thank all of you for smashing that subscribe button, for downloading the episodes, and for letting us know what you like. Uh, We are continuing our over-under win totals, and today we bring our attention to the Big Ten. 14-team conference. Big episode ahead, Barton. Did you hydrate today? Yeah, man, I'm ready to go. I got my coffee in me. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm energized. I got a, I got a direct message from a, a buddy who I hadn't talked to since high school, who was like, uh, who was excited that he found Washington State under seven and a half online somewhere out there uh, at a, at a local establishment. That one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm glad that people are out there taking our picks to heart. And uh, I think we got some good ones here in the Big Ten today. Okay. Um, I, I told you that there was rumors of a remix. Are you ready for the remix? Oh, if it gets me any more hype than than the last one, then I'm, I'll blow a gasket. Right. Bring it to me. As much as I think it's the, the under Count is a safe up. play, like, I can't even. Count them up. Count them up. How many games are going to win this fall? I can't fathom who wins. I just can't. I don't see it. It's not, it's not on there. It's not, not the schedule I'm looking at. Unless there's another schedule somewhere. <laughs> I thought it was a great line, man. I thought it was a really, really good line. So when I was editing the, that was from, uh, that was a, a live hit from the uh, the ACC uh, win totals. And if you haven't gone back to listen to that, please do. Uh, I, I, I just had to clip it, man. That was good. Hey, man, bring it. <laughs> bring it. I like it. I, just, I like it. I don't see it. I can't. I, can't. <laughs> I don't know where it is. Unless, unless there's another one. All right. Uh, we start at the top like we have been doing uh, with the Ohio State Buckeyes, a number that we really get to sink our teeth into at 10 and a half. Um, the... The thing that we discussed before is that we were going, we're, we're trying to stand by our principles, be men of purpose, men of principles. If we decide that a game is going to go one way for one team, then we, we've got to stand by it when we decide to uh, to extrapolate it out. Which all that to say, man, at 10 and a half, Ohio State, with the success that they've had in recent years and with the talent on this roster, going in blind, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, Ohio State's probably going to go 11-1. I don't know if they'll get into the college football playoff. But Barton, man, I found myself, again, trying to be a man of principle. I'm going under. I'm, I'm going under also. Wow. Two unders. Yeah, I got them 10-2. And, two. and th- this was, I mean, Ohio State is t- a, a tough one because, yes, they, they, they are so talented across the board. And I actually think... I'm, I'm, I, I was saying this last year, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down this year. They will be better offensively under Dwayne Haskins than, than they were under JT Barrett. Sure. Like, he allows them to do more things. I think he, he opens up the opportunity for some of those other skill players to take a step forward. And, man, do they ever have skill talent and, and talent across the board, really, on offense that, that's ready to take the next step. It's For me, it's just that... The Big Ten is so good, and when you're looking at a TCU game in Arlington, you're looking at at Penn State, you're looking at uh, a, a, a home stretch that includes Nebraska at Michigan State, Michigan. Um, it's just that the, the 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 conference is good enough where I think it's hard to assume 11 wins, and I can see 11 wins. I can see 12 and 0. I mean, they they have a twelve and zero ceiling for sure, but they they've I just think I think ten and two feels safer to me than eleven and one, given what they've got to go through and given what those teams look like. Like this is a bet on Michigan. Mm. It's a it's a I'm like this is a little foreshadowing of my Michigan play. Like, yeah, 
Michigan's going to get Ohio State eventually. If you think that Urban Meyer just will forever indefinitely be, you know, dominate Jim Harbaugh, I don't see that. Harbaugh's going to get one at some point. And this is a team at Michigan that's, that's I think, made up of, of a roster that can, can, can get it. Um, Michigan State, really good. Uh, you know, Nebraska is capable. At Penn State, that's a I mean that's a tough road game. So this is this is a kind of as much gut as anything. It's there's not a lot of analytics. There's not a lot of like oh I've got concerns with any one area on no, this roster. Twi- no, it's good across the board. I just this is just a gut of Ohio sticks. This feels like ten to two. Um, I I my, my notes say Penn State and I'm given the that Ohio State Penn State game in Happy Valley. When you think like Ohio State, like that was the the comeback to win last year. That game was won. Penn State wins in 2016, basically has the game won in 2017. Ohio State comes back to win 39-38. Like to me, on a down-to-down basis, the Nittany Lions have kind of had the Buckeyes number. Even in 2014, it took double overtime for Jeez. Ohio State to, to win that one. So I'm 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 giving that one. I'm I'm saying Penn State I think wins that game. So now we've got Ohio State down to 11 and one, and then it's the you know the TCU game in Arlington, Michigan State, uh, Nebraska, and Michigan. Though uh, again, I hate that we always are foreshadowing. I I feel pretty good that Ohio State should be able to beat Nebraska, but I'm just not putting it past Ohio State or the rest of the Big Ten for us not to catch one more surprising play here. It, my confidence level is not low. I'm not saying lock up a 10-2 season for no, Ohio I, State. I, I, this is a stay-away stay sure. win total to me. Uh, I wouldn't touch Ohio State's win total because it could go over. Yeah. I it, like This is going to be another – this is the one place in the country where I'm looking – and I'm saying, you know what? I, I think we could have a two-win, I mean, a two-loss team in the college football playoff because we still haven't had right. it. But right. the Big Ten is good enough, and Ohio State could be that 10-2 and two team, you know? And so I'm, I'm fascinated to see how that plays out. And I'm also, I'm interested, I can't believe that we're both going under here. But, uh, but man, that's, the, the Buckeyes, I like the way you said it. The Buckeyes have a 12-0 and ceiling, and yet you're sitting here looking at the win total, and you're like, man, that's too tough. There's no way that they're going to go undefeated through that stretch. No yeah. way. Count them up. Uh, all right, let's keep it rolling with Wisconsin. This number's set at 10. Uh, you've, uh, let's see, tough games include at Iowa, at Michigan, at Penn State, at Purdue. The Badgers are coming off arguably one of their best seasons ever a year ago. Uh, the defense was absolutely lights out. They lose a few of those guys, but they should still be good. Jonathan Taylor going to be in the mix as one of the top running backs in the country and potentially a Heisman Trophy caliber player. Um, you know, you've we talked about Jonathan Taylor a lot on this podcast. Uh, not under-recruited, but certainly not touted to be uh, what he has become as he was coming out of high school in New Jersey. What's your call on the Badgers? Well, I, I, I'm. this is another one. In terms of the way I approached picking these, I have not looked at the win totals until you and you until you're telling them to me right now. So, oh, that's fun. I, I pick, I pick my my totals, and then I'll be surprised every time you you give me the number. And I think this this ten and a half would have been my what I expected out of Wisconsin. Ten, I think, is 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 a good safe number to go over, only because. I have a hard time seeing them only win nine. Um, their their non-con is still pretty pretty easy, but they do get at Penn State and at Michigan in conference this year, and those could very well be two losses. I've got them splitting those two games. Me too. I've I've got them eleven and one, splitting against Michigan and, and, and Penn State, winning the rest because ultimately, this is still like the nine starters back on offense probably the best offensive line in the country even the guys that return on defense that didn't that aren't considered returning starters like Andrew Van Ginkle, Isaiah Loudermilk, Garrett Rand like those those guys are really good up front. They have TJ Edwards at linebacker. They've always got a couple of like undersized Florida dudes in the back end which they've got once again in the defensive backfield like the future uh, dakota dixon whoever the next dakota dixon guy is right yeah uh, dante carrier williams 
is is a good option there. He's a Florida cat. Um, they just they those guys always play well on the back end, and so this is just you don't have to worry about like I don't think you have to worry about nine and three that they may not win they may not be a national title contender they might be but I'm saying they might not be but you don't have to worry about them like regressing to nine and three even if even though they're playing Penn State and Michigan so I I really trust Paul Christ I really trust this offense to to know who they are I really trust this defense to 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 absorb some losses and, and still be really good um i feel good saying that this will i feel good saying this will be no worse than a push and so i my, my pick is over i think we are in an era where wisconsin is in an, is an elite program yes um like do, like don't get it twisted like this program this team is a national title contender I'm that not, is my opinion of but that's the thing is like and that's where it's uh that that's where you I, I approach college football and, and I, I've got sort of the tiers and just because you are an like the qualifications for an elite program are not to me the same in, in a particular year of being uh, a national championship contender to me an elite program represents you know windows of success and I, I think that right now we are in a high point for Wisconsin football a storied program that's had multiple high points over the years but I, I think we're in one right now and when you are in that period you just don't expect like i guess i would say my official ruling might be pushed over but right. i'm no chance uh i'm picking against wisconsin in a, in a sense that i think they're going to go nine and three and um, by the way the it, the pass game will be improved too like quintez cephas is a really good player aj taylor danny davis had a big true freshman year yep five touchdown receptions like they've got a lot of guys coming back then catch the ball I and there's some issues Alex Hornibrook is not an, an elite quarterback in, in college football but I think you can look around the country and and see some of the others pl- like start like is 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 Alex Hornibrook less capable than say Kelly Bryant last year different different type of players but i don't think that their that their capability is is drastically different like well wisconsin the way wisconsin's built it's not asking its quarterback to go win a football game right right so i don't think he i don't think he lowers look i think if another quarterback if they had a better quarterback there then we're talking about wisconsin as a national like a, a college football playoff um favorite like they like i would be surprised if they weren't in it but I, that, that's that's the one thing holding them back from being like a legitimate national championship favorite i think they're still a national championship contender even with him Count them up! uh as we move on to our next team especially considering the way that we seem to both be uh calling this so far penn state penn state's number set at nine and a half uh they get i mean this is whew, i tell you what like there, there might be, uh, and you, you know this Penn State team really, really well. So I'm, I'm counting on you to sort of take us into the personnel. But as I'm, I'm sort of go- coming at this from the idea that uh, this Penn State team is probably a little bit overlooked. That Trace McSorley can be an All-American kind of performer at the quarterback position. And in terms of like when the schedule cycle breaks your way, being able to seize that opportunity and take advantage of it, particularly when Penn State has been winning double-digit games but not playing for that Big Ten title, well, look at the schedule this year because you've got Ohio State, Michigan State, and Wisconsin all coming to Happy Valley. Uh, nine and a half, I felt really comfortable going over. That's interesting. Really comfortable going over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I think they're to me they're hovering in the nine nine win ten win echelon. So I'm I picked under. I picked nine and three, <clears throat> and but I think you're like, but this is a stay away team for me because I think you're right. Like, look, there's th- they have three starters returning on defense. So at first glance, like there's a bunch of more anonymous names. Jason Cabinda's gone. Um, you know, Marcus Allen, who's been a, a big playmaker for them, gone. Christian Campbell, Manny Bowen. Like, there are some guys that they're that they're losing. 
But, you know, Sharif Miller is going to take a big step forward as a returning starter, as an edge rusher. Um, they've got, like, uh, Amani Oruwariye is, is a kid that is expected to be an NFL guy at corner. Um, John Reed has that kind of potential as well. So the, the, I think that this is, this is a real – this is going to be kind of a referendum season in, on James Franklin's, I think, in a positive light. Like, they don't have to have a bunch of guys that you've heard of in, in order for those next guys to take a step forward and become impact players because they've, they've now been in this program long enough, recruited at a high enough level, developed. There shouldn't be a big drop-off despite losing guys like Saquon Barkley and Deshaun Hamilton and, and those types. Uh, and yet, like you mentioned, all those teams they got it, they've got at home, but they've they've got Wisconsin. Um, I mean, that's Wisconsin and Iowa. You know, they th- those are those are their cross conference games, and so it's just a, it's just a rough schedule to me. I've got them losing the Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin. I could see that number drop to two. I could see them drop to one because they do have they have home matchups with them. I, I just it's hard for me to get over ten wins. Um, remember, Ricky Ronnie's the new offensive coordinator, so you know will the B drop off with Joe Moorhead gone? Um, will you know how much how much was Sa- Saquon Barkley impacting the football when he wasn't touching it? You know what I'm saying? Like True. how much yeah. was he how much was he impacting defensive scheme? And will Miles Sanders draw that kind of attention or, or 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 close to it? So I couldn't get to ten. I could see them getting to ten or eleven, but I, I couldn't get there. I think nine and three, and yet I don't. I would be shocked if it was any lower than nine wins. I think if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm giving Penn State the Ohio State win. I'm saying that for Penn State, the Michigan game is a loss, and then basically between Michigan State and Wisconsin thinking that they win one and lose one so that's my 10 and 2 yeah and the interesting thing about my 10 and 2 is if i'm giving them the head-to-head win against ohio state then i might be giving penn state the division sure yeah that's what's going to be like i I hadn't even done the the geometry uh, on all that like the the calculus on all that like it's it's going to be splitting hairs. It's going to be another wild like tiebreaker type of season in the Big Ten East. Uh, so it, I don't even know who I've got winning the division. I haven't, but it, they're all they're all going to be right there at eleven and one, ten and two, uh, nine and three range between about four different teams. So yeah, it's it should be fun. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, a lot of college football fans don't know that uh, the Big Ten East tiebreakers actually come down to how many yellow cards you got in group play. um all right so this team 11 wins in 2016 11 wins in 2017 top 10 finishes both years uh you know big time rose bowl fiesta bowl big time appearances but they still haven't gotten to that big 10 championship game that's kind of what has me like i don't know man the you know what what like tennessee wins the national championship after peyton leaves like the just just one of those weird circumstantial type things that we see every now and then in college football where it's it's in the uh the superstars gone sometimes but everything else that was still there and a part of the success that as they take that next step forward with the right opportunities things just break their way. I'm not sure there's another conference in the country where I would have them at 9 wins. Like I think that because that that's how good I think they are, and then the, yet yeah, that, that's how good I think the Big Ten and the Big Ten East is. Count them up. Michigan's number is uh, set at nine. That's surprising. The, then it's going to be even more surprising that I'm a push to under. Um. All right, you go first. I got Michigan State, Ohio State, and then Wisconsin slash Penn State as my L's. The idea that I think Michigan goes nine. I think this is a nine and three season. But Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin slash Penn State, like across those four, I think there's probably three losses. I've got Ohio State winning the game at the end of the year. And then I've got Notre Dame and Nebraska's swing games. And I just think that if I'm looking at six games where Michigan, in my eyes, is not a definite favorite, 
that, uh, you know, expecting him to win about half of them seems about right. I do agree that, like, it doesn't look like the roster of an 8-4 and four team at all. But I do think that 9-3 and three is probably about right. And what, you know, how, how Michigan fans even talk about this game, this season and this team is going to depend on what happens against Michigan State and Ohio State. Like, if they're 9-3, if they're and three, but they beat Michigan State and Ohio State, it's a very different conversation than if they go 9-3 and three and the losses are, uh, you know, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Ohio State. So it, it sort of cuts uh, a lot of different ways in terms of perception, but in terms of what the hard you know win total count is, I, I just really struggled uh, giving Michigan the edge in all of those games that I view as a little bit closer to toss up or giving them the edge in enough of them to, to call 10 and two. Okay, this is all right, this is my favorite pick of the big 10 so far. Nine wins. I'm obviously at 11. I'm on the over. Uh, I'm 11 and one. And I think to me, there is a misrepresentation or a misperception of Michigan in that, like, somehow last year's season created this sort of narrative that Jim Harbaugh is, is underachieving at Michigan. Let's remember, like, they went from 5-7 and seven to 10-3 and three in his first year. In 2016, they lost by one point at Iowa, Kinnick Stadium. Like, we know how tough that is. And then they lost at Ohio State in double overtime by three points. And that's it. That's all they lost in the regular season. Like, that's, they're, they're literally a play or two away from being undefeated. And I know that the losses count and they're there, but how differently do we look at this team if they get a couple of those plays and they're and they're two seasons removed from undefeated and in the college football playoffs? So I think that that when we look at last year and we think about everybody that they lost to the NFL draft before last year, season, we look at the quarterback's play, which was horrible until Brandon, Brandon Peters got in there and then it got a little bit manageable, like – I think last and even last year, I mean, the uh, aside from the Penn State game, like there, there was no reason like they were in every, they were very competitive in every game they played. So, all right, now now we now we flip the switch to this season, and they have, I, I think you can make a, a very reasonable argument that this is a, the best defense in college football. I'm not saying I'm not saying it is, but I think you could make a very reasonable argument that it is. Sure. Now, now you got eight starters back on offense. You got Shea Patterson coming back or coming up, who totally changed. Like, no matter how good you think Shea Patterson is, he's dramatically better than what they've had at quarterback since Jim Harbaugh's been there. And 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 even I would even include Jake Ruduck. And so you also have, and, and so you just assume Michigan's going to have. You know, they they've, they've got Crown Higdon back. Um, They've got uh, Chris Evans back, who's sort of the all-purpose back in that backfield. But also, I think the idea that Tariq Black returns and Donovan Peoples-Jones in year two, when those guys as true freshmen were basically the best receivers on the team, like that, I think that shifts things up a notch offensively. Offensive line will be good with Cesar Ruiz stepping into center spot, Michael and Winu. Like, I just look at this roster and I say, this is a really good team. And they've got they've got Wisconsin at home. They've got Penn State at home, and Ohio State is a rivalry game. You know, you just sort of throw throw the records out, and so I think that they can win in the shoe there. I just think that w- people are all of a sudden looking at one eight and five season and, and acting like Jim Harbaugh can't coach. And I, I think this will be a a, a a national title contending team. I think they, there is an uh, there is a great opportunity with Michigan right now. Uh, and, and, you know, we have fun with this with win totals because you're setting the number based on the nods makers prediction, but also on, you know, what the what the market is. And Michigan's probably a Joe public team. They probably get a lot of action, but th- there is a, a very palpable taste in the air that um, people are kind of backing off. And and I, I think that you and I did a good, a decent job of balancing uh, Michigan's frustrations last year 
with the reminder that this wasn't like that we kept saying, you know, next year's the year, next year's the year. But I, I find myself arriving at next year, which is going to be the year. And Barton, like it's, it's not as much I'm down on Michigan. I just am high on everybody else. And that's, uh, look, I get that because you, I'm, I'm not saying it's a, I'm not saying that to pick an under is like some sort of dumb play only because I think the rest of the division, like they could lose to Notre Dame. Sure. They could lose to Wisconsin, Michigan state and Penn state and Ohio state. Like those are all losable games. And they could still be uh, one of the best teams in the country and lose all those games. But I think the thing that, that, that I point to is like, let's remind ourselves what we were saying last year is we were saying this time last year, we were saying this shouldn't be a very, a, a great Michigan team because they're so young, but Man, remember when Ohio State won the national championship a year before we thought they were supposed to? So, like, last year was we – were, we were granting, like, last year was the year before they're supposed to be national title contenders, but maybe they'll surprise us. And you know what? They didn't surprise us. They were what we thought they were supposed to be, but that doesn't change what this year's team is supposed to be. Like, suddenly, like, doing what was expected last year – has tarnished what this team can be for so many people. So I, I'm in the camp of like, I'm going to stick to my guns and, and remember what I was saying this, this time last year and saying 2018 is the year for Michigan and, and maybe they'll even surprise us this year and, and show up a year early. Right, so and, and that's why I think schedule. they're back yeah. on schedule and they're going to win at least 10. So I feel good on picking the over at, at least getting them to 10 and 2. That, and that's, a, that, that's almost like a trust the process thing, right? Like if you believed that 2018 was going to be Michigan's year – uh, last August, stick to your guns because the the public's opinion on that has obviously changed with this number being set at nine. You stick to your guns. Michigan doesn't even have to win the Big Ten and you could end up hitting your over at 10 and two. Yep. Count them up! Man, this is so... And, and now here we go with uh, another one. How many games are going to win this fall? Michigan State. Uh, you tell me what you got here because, man, these numbers blow in my mind. I don't even like. I don't know how the calculus works on the odds makers and all of these being able to hit. What'd you get for Michigan State? Uh, my record for Michigan State, my projected record is ten and two. Sick. Uh, Michigan What's State's the total? number nine. Interesting. I'm at push over. I think I'm, I'm at. Yeah, I could like. I I think that's not nine's probably about what I expected, honestly nine maybe nine and a half um just just sort of nine and a half to just sort of tempt people to take that under and but i I think like i have them losing at penn state Mm -hmm. and and i have nebraska upsetting them late in the year at nebraska i have i have them as the second loss for ohio state um that's a home game i have them as the only loss for michigan um so pretty good like I have a I have a pretty dang good year. This is like Mark D'Antonio's got a quarterback. He's got nine starters returning on defense. Basically everyone returning on offense. He's got a physical downhill back in LJ Scott. He's weathered the storm in terms of the off field stuff that came after that three and nine year. Uh I mean that last year. Last year got them like I, I if if last year was another bad year, even like a six and six year, which I think was was possible. Then all of a sudden, I think you can look at Michigan State and be like, they are. It's the, it's the, come the, and the, gone. The Antonio area is yeah, is, is, yeah. is declined. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happened. They went ten and three last year. And so now you got to wonder, like, why? Why would we assume they're going to dip back to eight and four after returning 19 starters and one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten, if not college football? So whoa, I'm, whoa, 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 whoa! Brian Lewerke? Well, okay, that's overstating it. Okay, all right, <laughs> all right that's overstating. It. Not yet, not yet. But like, wh- like, would you be shocked if, given Michigan State's track record at quarterback, if I mean the guy last year he had? Almost 600 yards rushing and almost 3,000 yards passing, and and that was sort of his first full workload. Would you be shocked if, given Michigan State's track record of quarterbacks, if if he took that step forward this year and became one of the top arms in the college football? I wouldn't. I'm not saying he is right now before the season, but it wouldn't shock me if we looked up at in the year and Brian Lewerke is the guy heading into the 2019 
with the the first round mocks attached to his name. I feel like I feel like Michigan State played in two games last season where. Uh, the weather was such that you couldn't even uh, attempt a downfield pass. And look who has the big, thick quarterback who can run. You know, right. like it was right. like it and, was. And I, I look, I, it's it's. And I remember Lewerke from from high school as just uh, he was a he was a high three star. You know, but Michigan State figure like they have a they have like they sprinkle something on these guys, and they turn them into NFL prospects. And so. Lewerke's big and he's athletic, and I, I'm not gonna like. It, I'm just saying, like, it wouldn't shock me if Michigan State runs him through the Michigan State machine, and and all of a sudden we look up and Brian Lewerke's is is on that tier. So, I, I, I you're Four. right. You're right to call me out. Like, <laughs> I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't overstate it, but they have a really good quarterback. Yes, under center and 19 starters returning. So. I don't think this is an eight and four team. I think it's a much more likely a ten and two plus. There are going to be so many fourth quarter, fourth downs converted by Brian Lewerke that are going to end up getting uh, an otherwise like like they won ten games last year. But when you watched Michigan State on a down by down basis, did it look like a ten win team? But that's always Michigan State. Like that's always Michigan State. I mean. When they were thirteen and one, you know they beat USF twenty-one to six. They beat Iowa twenty-six to fourteen. They beat Minnesota fourteen to three. Like that's that's who Michigan State is. And so I, I'm I'm not. <laughs> it's gonna they're gonna. It's, I'm not saying it's gonna be a pretty ten and two. I'm just saying I trust ten and two more than I trust eight and four. And, yeah, and and again to to revisit, like I'm not, I I really like Brian Lewerke, and I think that Michigan State is nine and three or ten and two. I'm with you. No, I don't. I'm pushed to over, and I say don't don't for a second feel confident uh, if you take an under that you're going to be able to find four losses, and you're going to be really frustrated watching Brian Lewerke convert all these fourth and shorts as you end up uh, taking your L and you know ripping up your ticket in the middle of October. Count them up. Then there's a that's that's sort of the top tier. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, all numbers between ten and a half and nine. We take a step down. Iowa's number, they are next in line, is at seven and a half. For me, when I was counting them up, Iowa State was my swing game. And I'm giving that one to the Cyclones. I know that game is uh gonna be at Iowa, but I've just got a little bit more faith in Iowa state than I do in the Hawkeyes right now. And so, um, I'm, I'm thinking that this is an under and maybe an under, I'm feeling pretty confident again in my count. I've got it seven and five, mostly because of the Iowa state game. But is there something about the Hawkeyes that I'm missing that should lead me to believe? And, and, you know, just to, to let you know, they're a full win and a half over the next bunch. And the way that I see the big 10, they are much closer to the middle pack than they are to the top and maybe don't deserve this uh, sort of second tier status that they're, that they're taking right now in the eyes of the odds makers. Yeah. I mean, Iowa is, has a little bit of that Michigan State vibe to them where you may not have a great feel for the personnel because they, they just all look kind of the same but they always figure out a way. I think the things – so positive for, for Iowa. I think Nathan Stanley is, is an NFL quarterback. I think, mm. he's, I think he's really good, and, and I think he will be really good. Like he, he showed flashes of it last year, not as, on a consistent basis you probably want, but he showed flashes of it last year, and I think, I think you'll see a step forward this year. Um, so that's one. On the flip side of that – I happen to be a uh, probably like unusually uh, inordinately big Akram Wadley fan last year. Like I thought he did some pretty awesome stuff for them, creating explosive plays, making big plays out of the backfield. He's gone, and and the running backs they have to replace him are a little bit more anonymous to me. Like. 
just sort of typical, just, hey, they'll, they'll get what the offensive line gives you. They're not going to get more than that. Uh, that said, I think the offensive line is really good. I think the replacements on defense are, are really good. Guys like Christian Welch, Cedric Lattimore, A.J. Epinesa is taking a big step forward as a sophomore. He was a five-star uh, true freshman that really played a lot. Um, Manny Rugamba's transferring. Like that, I think that stings a little bit. So there keeps on being these like, it's a positive and there's a, for every positive there's a negative. For every negative there's a positive. And so I have them over at 8-4, and four, but I also have a winning Iowa State game, which is, is a very much a, a losable game. Um, you know, I've got them, like I've got some games like losing at Purdue. I got them losing at Indiana. And then I've got them beating Northwestern and beating Nebraska. And so there's all these, they're sort of like the Big 12 where there's all these coin flips. And so I'll go eight and four, and I'm on the record with the over, but I'm I'm I would stay away. I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, that will not be on the locks pod. Count them up. Scott Frost, apologist Barton Simmons, is going to be going over for Nebraska. The number is six. Tell me you've got them at eight and four. I've got them over. I don't I don't get them to eight wins. Okay, got them to seven and five. I, I've got them to seven and five. All right. The number you said the number six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Frost is too good not to figure out a way to get to seven. And I in my seven I include upset over Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I include a win over Colorado, which is not a given. I include a win over Troy, which is not a given. And I include a win over Purdue, which will be a tough game, even though it's at home. So, you know, I I but I do think this is a team is good enough to get an upset somewhere along the way, whether it's Michigan state, whether it's Ohio state, Northwestern will probably be favored, whether it's at Wisconsin, even at Michigan, like all those teams need to strap it up. Like, I think this is the type of team that can give those teams trouble. I don't, I, I think Michigan state's the, the most likely to sort of leave the door open there just from a talent perspective. Um, I, I sometimes I, I wonder if they'll be able to run with a Michigan or, or, uh, or an Ohio state from yeah. the talent level. I've got, I've got, especially this year, I've yeah. got at Michigan, at Wisconsin, at Ohio State, loss, loss, loss. I, like you, was willing to give them Akron, Troy, Colorado, and Illinois. And then, man, I don't know. That whole middle, like, I, I cannot tell you right now uh, until I see these teams take the field. I can't tell you whether a young Minnesota team is, is going to be grown up. Or whether this, uh, whether Scott Frost is going to be able to feel like I don't know exactly who's going to be favored there, and and maybe you could say the same for Purdue. Like Purdue's going to be good on offense, but they're they've got some concerns on defense. And guess what? If Nebraska's offense is all Scott Frosted and and humming, then that's going to be a challenge. So I I kind of landed at push, and that's you know I guess lame in a way, but it, it's the the bonus being I think Scott Frost figures out a way to get this team to a bowl game. They get those wins early so that they're in the mix, the Akron, Troy, Colorado, Illinois, and then they just get to somewhere, whether that's Purdue and Minnesota or, you know, maybe right. it's, uh, you know, it is a Michigan state. I, I don't know where, but I think that for the first year of Scott Frost at Nebraska, it is going to be easy to to say that, you know, let's get to a bowl game is going to be achievable goal and the the motivating factors behind that goal and what leads to that I think is able to get them to six. I would okay. not take the under. All right. So here, yeah, the ha, setting us on an even number like six makes this an easy call for me. And here's, here's let me pitch you on why this is an easy bet to, to play the over or, or, or stay away, I guess. But I, I like, I actually like the over. I like the fact, I like that a losing ticket has to get to five loss, to, to seven losses, basically. Because here's the deal. Offensively, the pieces are in place for Nebraska to be really good. Like when you think of the guys that they that that they inherited, Tyson Lindsay, J.D. Spielman, space freaks. Like you put those guys in space and they're really really good. And and this is what that offense does. It's it's built for guys like that. Stanley Morgan, one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. All right, so they they'll be able to get him the ball. They got a JUCO. Uh, transferring Greg Bell who's one of the best junior college running backs in the country so you think like that provides some instant help and they've got a few other backs that can that can add depth at the running back core that have been there as well all right now at quarterback I don't know who's going to start they've got a really talented true freshman he's the most athletic of the bunch 
But Tristan Jebbia is like a, a gym rat type of quarterback that will be able to effectively run the offense if he's the starter. Uh, and then they even have a third guy, Andrew Bunch, is not bad. So my point is, I think the offense is going to be not just like decent. I think it'll be a good offense. Defensively, they returned eight starters, but it was a really bad defense last year. I don't think Bob Diaco is the best defensive coordinator in the world. And I think that they'll be improved from a coaching staff standpoint. And so if they're just not bad on defense, this team makes a bowl. Yeah. All right. So I, I feel pretty good saying at worst you're going to get a push for Nebraska. How many games are going to win this fall? Uh, Minnesota's number also set at six. I I mentioned, you know, the, I've got some questions. You know, there's some confidence among the Minnesota staff that – this this young team has grown up and they're going to show uh, some some real improvement this year. And if I buy that, if I'm willing to buy that narrative, then I look at Minnesota's schedule. And again, the the you know how do you how do you separate uh, Purdue from Minnesota? I don't I don't know. I mean, the games at Minnesota, so I, I gave it to them. Then there's the Nebraska game, so I give that to Nebraska. But I I see at Wisconsin at Ohio State as the certain losses. And then I, I I start to see a lot of games that could go the Golden Gophers way. At six wins, I'm going over. Yeah, yeah. I, I went I'm <laughs> this is one of these like I'm embarrassed at the win total I came up with. I I'm I got him at like when I again the way I operated in this conference is I picked every game that was played and I have them winning four games. Oh and wow. That's but like I think they're I think that PJ Fleck is too good of a coach to have them sitting at four wins and and granted I have one of those losses is to Fresno State so you know what let's just cross that out give that a W all right they're at five so five wins and yet I can easily see this being a seven and five team I think I trust Fleck one of my big hangups is I just I can't get comfortable with the quarterback situation yet um. Tanner Morgan, I guess, is your guy, a redshirt freshman. They've also got a really athletic guy, Victor Viramontes, who came from from the junior college ranks. Um, I just, like you said, I mean, I was just sort of, this is a lot of the, if you're if you're considering that Nebraska is going to be pretty good this year, or, or better at least, if you're considering that Maryland is going to finally have a year where they catch some breaks, if you consider that Iowa is good, like Illinois in, improved, Purdue, like we saw what they were last year. I mean, this is just Big Ten's just become such a such a good conference because what who's the coach that you can get your easy win and pick against? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in the SEC, well, the answer is you've had Indi- those Indiana. guys. Like in the in the big in, in the Big Ten in the past, you've had those guys. In the Pac-12, hey, like you know what, Herm Edwards, that's not the guy. Whatever. Like you can you can find some spots that you can say I don't believe in this coach. Who's the coach in the Big Ten? That you that you don't believe in. I, certainly not PJ Fleck for me. I just stumbled into four wins, so I'm going o- under. But not a even though I'm two wins below their to- their their number, I don't feel good about it at all. Yeah, I, mm, I that'll be that's probably one of the uh, that that that's going to be a, a battle as some of these teams below Wisconsin start to you know as, as Nebraska. Minnesota and Purdue. Purdue with Jeff Brom, Nebraska with Scott Frost, Minnesota with PJ Fleck. Hey, there, there's not enough room for everybody. You yeah. know? Like there there's gonna be some battles um that end up deciding whether teams go to bowl games, whether whether teams are and hopefully those battles in the future, these coaches hope, are are to see who wins the Big Ten West and who gets to the Big Ten championship game. But uh man. I don't know. Well, let's so let's take it to Purdue next. How many games are going to win this fall? Purdue. That number is set at 6. Yeah, I've got I've got them under 2. I've got them at 5 and 7. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be officially I'm at Minnesota 5 and 7 and I'm at under 5 I'm at 5 and 7 for Purdue too. I think these are I think not only is there a lot of coin flip games uh, with the second tier or third tier of the conference, whatever you want to call it, but you know, hard to find the upset because the top tier of the conference is so good 
that as much as you might like Purdue, where do you find the the upsets up top? Like one, like okay, I could see this getting to push pretty easily because my my big swing game on this schedule is Northwestern opening week. I think Northwestern's got a chance to be pretty good, but it's at home on a Thursday night. So like that, I have a, a loss for Purdue. That could easily be a win. And then you're sitting at six and six. Another game I have them losing is Missouri. So right there, two close games in the first three weeks. I haven't started one two, but they could easily start three and zero. Oh, then all of a sudden, my five and seven turns to seven and five real quick. Um, so I still like Purdue. I like the direction. I love Jeff Brom as a coach. They're recruiting off the charts. Offensively, they'll be really good defensively they'll take a step back probably Mm -hmm. um which is i think where i I have them you know i have them losing at minnesota you know i have them have losing at nebraska uh and i actually have them beating boston college who i love so like there's there is some give and take there like i've given them some i've granted them some successes here and there too but it's just a tough like this is this is this is tough sledding right now. I've got uh it, it is all gonna depend on the start. I'm gonna give the I That's think a, that you're like seriously, Eastern Michigan they win, but northwestern Missouri and BC, that could be four that could be one and three, it could be four and oh. And I think they're two and two. And I, I don't know what it's exactly gonna be. I lean um that the Missouri like I, I could see it. I I'm so high on Boston College right now, and I've been watching uh, AJ Dillon highlights by the way all morning. Um, I am I'm in a position right now where I think the prime time, um, you know, the Thursday night, like you mentioned, that's an eight o'clock you know, prime time kickoff against Northwestern. I'm gonna give them that, and then the Missouri game, just you know that that ends up because was it the was it last year's. Missouri Purdue game where Purdue Purdue pants them. Uh, yeah, they. I mean, they. Yes, you're right. They did. Like, but like Jeff Brown came re- out and was I, like, "I I'll, wish we could have scored more." Yes, they did. But I also remind you, for whatever it's worth, my my intel last year on Purdue was, you know, we'll be better than people realize, but the year, but next year will be really good. Like, I think, I think, what did I say? Missouri, Missouri, like. I think Missouri could surprise some people, but absolutely, they they could they could definitely win that game and and probably will be favored. But after that, I mean, it's it's tough because I the the teams that I ended up uh, kind of beaten up on as I was going through this process were Illinois and Indiana, and Purdue. If I gave them both those wins, but those are both road games, they're not going to be easy wins. But I uh, I've got this one at five and seven. All right, so you're under two. Yeah. Which is, again, it's another one where it's like, okay, we are predicting that Jeff Brom, who I think we probably would both agree is one of the really promising young coaches in college football right now, we're predicting that he's going to miss a bowl year two after making a bowl year one after inheriting a three and nine team. So, like, we're predicting regression after taking three and nine team to seven and six. But. Again, you just man, there's it's a tough schedule, and you got to pick some losses somewhere. I've got, I mean, like some for some of these, I kind of broke them up into um, like trimesters, and I, I kept coming back to two and two, one and three in the middle stretch, and two and two to finish, and that's only five wins. It's tough. Yep. Count them up. Uh, Northwestern, really tough start. We just talked about that game at Purdue. I've got that one as an L. Uh, we've talked about Duke in the ACC show. I've got that one as an L. Northwestern, the number is set at six. I'm going under here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm at push. Um, I mean, I'm curious what Clayton Thorson's health looks like heading into the season. Uh, you know, this is – I am – the, the greatest Clayton Thorson apologist of our time, of our generation. Uh, I, I, I like Clayton Thorson as a quarterback, and I'm, and yet I like, like him because of what he can be, and he's not there yet. This was supposed to be the year he got there. And I, I just hope that ACL injury doesn't like set him back yeah. significantly. So, 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, I have them six and six. I'm beating Purdue, which they could lose. I'm losing to Duke. I'm beating Nebraska, Rutgers, Minnesota, Illinois. In Akron. In Akron. Yeah. So, like, I basically have them winning all the games that they look like they would probably be favored in, I guess. Um, and losing all the games that they would probably be underdogs in. But I just, this is another team where, I mean, what, Pat Fitzgerald? Or, uh, I mean, he's he's a great coach. And they're, they've had two, 10 win seasons two of the last three years. And... Now we're going to pick them to go five and seven. I don't know. That's a hard. That's hard for me to do. So I think that Clayton Thorson, uh, I'm assuming he's he's back to himself, and the defense will be good again. And Nebraska will, you know, win four of their last seven and 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 sneak into a bowl game. I've got him. I mean, again, I, I think this is a one in five start with Akron as the only win. I think they lose to. Purdue, Northwest, uh, Duke, Michigan, Michigan State, and Nebraska. You know, you get you get you get back on the good side. But man, look at this. Their home finale is going to be November third against Notre Dame. They finish the season yeah. on the road at Iowa, at Minnesota, at Illinois. You know, Iowa. Who knows if they'll be bowl eligible? But they'll certainly need every win they can get at that point. Same thing goes for Minnesota. This is a this is a really really tough draw for Northwestern. And as I again in the shifting as I as I'm shifting all my different uh stocks in that Big 10 West, I've just got them I've got I've got them on the other side. Going okay. to 5 and 7. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I want to uh for the ledger, for the ledger, I'm going to officially I think Purdue wins that week 1 game. So so that makes Purdue 6 and 6 push. And that makes Nebraska five and seven. You mean Northwestern? Because, no, Northwestern. Sorry, yeah. because Northwestern does does have a tendency to to when they kind of regress to the mean, they don't regress to eight and four. They can regress to five and seven. And so I think this is a five and seven year, despite my guy Clayton Thorson, because you know he's got his top two receivers coming back this year. And but those guys, those guys didn't impress me last year. Like that was that was bit my big thing with Forsen when I watched him early in the year. Is like, man, these are receivers. find some receivers and get some separation and catch the ball. Mm. And I and and I know Jalen Brown is a is an Oregon transfer, uh, but I mean he he didn't do much last year in limited in limited action. I just I don't I don't think this. I, I worry about the skill on offense, and I think this is the five and seven dip. And then, given the way they're recruiting, I think they got a chance to be good moving forward in the future. So maybe they have a 10, 10 win season next year. So we'll we'll go five and seven for me officially. That was, you said that was a six win total, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, five and seven under. Count them up. We dip to the sub five hundred win totals. Uh, we start with the Indiana Hoosiers. This number is set at five. Um, Brandon Dawkins arrives from Arizona. We assume that he will be uh, the starting quarterback there. This Indiana team at times can be very exciting offensively. I'm not betting on that. I'm going Indiana under. Under five? Yeah, I got them four and eight. I've got them five and seven. Um, and even in the off, even in the non-conference, like at FIU, I think will not be an easy game. Virginia will not be a, 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 a no you know no doubt win. Um, Ball State will be a win. Ball State should be a win. Rutgers will be improved. They got to go at Rutgers like someone's. They're going to beat somebody this year, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then so this is but you're right like this is one of those teams that where's you know you got to find losses on the schedule across the board. I'm five and seven uh, just because I do think Tom Allen is another coach that I really. And I'm not going to say this about every conference. I just happen to believe all these Big Ten coaches are good. So you're in on Tom Allen. I mean, I look. I I think he's still got something to prove. And so, but I'm optimistic on Tom Allen. I wouldn't say I'm in on Tom Allen in the same way that I'm in on, say, Jeff Brom. 
I'm not uh, betting. I, I'm not. I don't have Tom Allen on my list of coaches that I'm going to pick against for the locks. But when you right. asked that question earlier, like that's where, it, where it, are you going to find your wins? Yeah, basically? I was. Yeah. I was like uh, Tom Allen and Lovey Smith. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll go five and seven um, with the expectation that they they pick somebody off, like an Iowa, for example. But I man, who the uh, you know? I think I've got them losing their last five games of the year. Um, losing to Penn State, losing at Minnesota on a Friday night, losing to Maryland, losing at Michigan, losing to Purdue. Uh, speaking of coaches that people, yeah, I've got them under two. I've got them four and eight. How many games are going to win this fall? Coaches that uh, I I feel like I want to get behind, but when it comes to you know totaling up these these win totals, it gets really really tough, especially when you're living in the Big Ten East. The Maryland Terrapins and DJ Durkin. Uh, you know, they have like, I, it has spanned multiple coaches, the kind of calamity that the Terps have on the injury front. I mean, remember a couple years ago where they were starting the, the former second string linebacker at quarterback by the end of the season. And then, yeah, we have, we go, we go through it again last year, even from the get go with that incredible, uh, Texas game. This number is set at four and a half. And I'm going over. I've got Barton. I've got him at five and seven, and I, I almost like I, I wanted it to think that with a full season of not facing that those kinds of injury issues, that Maryland would be able to get to a bowl game. But in there, there's too many losses against division and conference opponents for me. Um, I think they can get you know Bowling Green, Temple, Rutgers, Illinois, and Indiana. Those are my five wins. Five and seven. Over, but short of a bowl season. At some point, the luck's got to turn. And and I think the luck turns this year. I've got them getting to a bowl. I've got them six and six. I think, look, whoever ends up at quarterback is going – Kasim Hill or Tyrell Pigrome, those guys, they can, they can beat teams with those guys. I mean, we saw it. We saw it in the Texas game, like you right. said. I mean, that was who they should have been last year. And then they just – they. Because those guys got hurt. Um, I think defensively, like, who knows what Byron Coward is, but that's the, the former five-star transfer from Auburn. Like, it's his time to to, to prove a lot of people wrong or to, to, to validate his ranking. Um, I think Jesse Antibonham is, is potentially a really good player. Uh, there's just – I think I, – I think DJ Durkin has been – has has been dealt some really bad hands. Um, even loses Walt Bell this year. But guess what? They got Matt Canada, who I think is 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 a lot better than Ed Orgeron thinks he is. Uh, and so I think that they get to six with Bowling Green, Temple, Minnesota at home, Rutgers at home, Illinois at home, at Indiana. That's a very winnable six games. That's no, that. There is nothing outlandish in that pick. And I don't think it's against the. I don't think it's crazy to think they could they could snipe somebody along the way. In addition to those, so I'm going to say DJ Durkin gets off the snide, gets a little luck, and, and gets the six wins this year. I, I like your call there. And uh, in the games you just mentioned, uh, I had all of them but Minnesota, and I just gave, I gave Minnesota the other way, and it would not sure. surprise me at all if that one goes Maryland's way. And man, it would be huge for the Terps if they are able to get it done and get to a bowl season. Again, four and a half, Maryland's number. Um, we are both going over. Barton calling six and six. Chip calling five and seven. Count them up! The Scarlet Knights, four is the number. Mm. I see five wins. Really? But it's a push. It's a, it's, it kind of depends, again, on Indiana and Illinois. They get Indiana and Illinois at home, but Texas Tech, like Texas State and Kansas, have to be wins for Rutgers. Buffalo. Yeah, so does it, so does Buffalo. By the way, like Buffalo's got some players on offense. But uh, that's all I'm saying. Texas State and Kansas have to be wins. Like Rutgers has got to win those. I think Buffalo is more of. I don't. I don't think Rutgers losing to Buffalo is the like upset of the century. Okay, I got you. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, if I if I've got. Indiana, Illinois, both those games at home, and then Texas State, Kansas, and Buffalo. I'm looking at those, and I'm like, all right, those are those are five games that Rutgers can go out and get. 
and I'm going to say between the Indiana, Illinois, you know, or maybe Buffalo, out of those three, they lose one. So my my gut says four and eight, but because I've got five games that I see are winnable, winnable for Rutgers, I'm a push to over. Uh, I picked under, I picked three wins. And I don't, this is another one, this is three wins and I like to think they're going to be better than they were last year. Um, I think they'll be improved. But, I mean, if Arter Sitkowski is their true freshman starting quarterback, I don't have a – like, I think that dude's going to walk in every room in America and be looking like the biggest, strongest guy there, and you're going to say, who the hell is that? And yet, when the bullets are flying, I have questions about him, particularly starting as a true freshman. So that worries me a little bit because that sort of he seems to be who's penciled in there. John Hillman, who transferred from BC, I think is actually a really good back or potentially a really good back anyways. They've got some good players on offense and like Bo Melton who played as a true freshman. So there's a lot of reasons to think this team would be improved. I, I have them with three wins. And I guess now that you mention it, like that is that is not at all crazy to think they get to five. Um, so... I'm under on the record, not not not. Yeah, yeah you're you're, you're not going thumbs down. Like no, Rutgers, right. get that out right. of here. Right, right, right. My my reaction to your pick is actually like that was an overreaction. Or my reaction, my reaction to you saying five wins that was an overreaction because <laughs> you're right. They 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 could absolutely get to five wins. But that's it. <laughs> it is a hard, right. hard, yeah. hard to find more than that. Hard ceiling that I'm drawing right there. Count them up. Uh, and wrapping up the Big Ten, Illinois at three and a half. Uh, no, no favors here as they even get South Florida in the non-con. Uh, my question as we introduce this is where does Illinois get a Big Ten win? Their number's three and a half, you said? Yeah. Well, look, I think that – I think Rutgers is winnable. I think I, think I could – I think Minnesota at home is winnable. I, I think that they, I think that they find a uh, a conference win or two. Um, they I've need, they need them, two conference wins to hit this over, if, unless you've got them beating USF, which I think is not out out of the question. Okay. I think that's that's possible. I mean, they shoot, they played them fairly close last year. No, they didn't. That's not true. Um, I just they they were coming off a Western Kentucky win last year where I thought they would play them close and they didn't. <laughs> they did not. Uh, so I, I think I, I picked them at four and eight. So I actually have them going over. They played a lot of young guys last year, like a lot of like true freshmen. And while I'm not a and they also I, I think Shade Metters is a good addition, a transfer from App State. Um, I'm a little worried about their quarterback situation, mm-hmm. but. I've got – here's the deal. I still think Lovey Smith and this staff are good coaches. Do I think that Lovey Smith is the right – is a great college head coach in terms of the recruiting and the PR and the like fan engagement that has to go with that job? No, I'm, I'm not there yet. Well, I think in terms of if you got, if you got similar players on the same field, I think Lovey Smith can put together a game plan and, and his staff can put together a game plan to where – they can they can pick somebody off. So I've got them at four and eight. I got them over, and uh, another one. I don't. You know, I don't. It's not a home run. I've got them three and nine. I'll give them a one Big Ten game, but I think it's two and one in the non-con, one and eight in Big Ten, and I don't think that they're going to be favored in a single Big Ten game. It's tough. Yeah, it's real tough. I mean, what's like? Do you do you think that Lovey Smith? Is because there was a lot of consternation among Illinois fans when Dennis Dodd kind of put Lovey on the hotter end of the hot seat in his hot seat rankings. They're, they they didn't like that, huh? No, because the AD has come out and talked about how he's you know knows this is a long game and and you know voice of support and everything else. Like I I don't know. It's I, I, it's look, Illinois I, football. I don't, it's I don't weird. Think, I don't I don't think he's earned a. Uh, a hot seat right now. Like I don't, I, I don't think his seat should be hot. Um, but this year he needs to show some improvement. I mean, this is third year. So 
if they're ten and two again or ten and two and ten again, then what what do you got? I mean, a lot of coaches can do better than that. I'm sorry, like he didn't he didn't hear a, a, a total cesspool. I mean, they were they won they went to a bowl game two years before he got there. Right. Um, so we we, am, we were uh, dealing with conduct. We were dealing with the coach's conduct at the heart of his of his right. arrival. It was not right. like a program that had bottomed out with multiple two win seasons. Right. They were still trying. They're still, I mean, I know they had, uh, you know, he kind of dealt with uh, inheriting a interim situation to where, you know, they had, I guess there was not sure how much recruiting was done in that sort of purgatory period, but you would think that they've got it. And look, they, we'll talk about SEC next week, but like Keyshawn Vaughn is, is going to be the starting running back at Vanderbilt really good player that they just sort of ran off. Mm. I think he's a really good player. We'll, we'll find out. But like there's uh, there, there's some questions I have about him as a head coach and yet as a football coach I still think he's probably pretty good. So uh, I think they could figure out four wins. Four and eight. Uh, that's it, man. Big Ten in the books. Great work, Barton. Just like applying all the logic, applying all the symmetry. Just uh, level-headed picks on this pod. Level-headed you know? picks. I'm really proud of us. <laughs> uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Please go uh, review, rate, subscribe. Five-star reviews because we are giving you uh, that five-star top caliber of content. The SEC is up next. That will be followed by Group of Five and Notre Dame, uh, which will be followed by the Locks. So that's what you have to look forward to. Subscribers get the episodes first, as always. Barton, thank you very much. There's-